Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began. And Kenner continues the excitement. Tauntaun Hothwampa and action figures each sold separately. Han Solo! Hell, it's got Luke! Watch it, Tauntaun! Gotcha! Tauntaun comes with an open belly rescue feature. You'll be okay, Luke, as soon as I chase away that thing! Tauntaun Hothwampa and other action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. Here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. works very small man can cast a very large shadow this <laughs> does put a smile on my face once more the Sith will rule the galaxy You are on the Sith List. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 118 of the Sith List. I'm your host, Daraj Dolit Shahi, and my co-hosts for this evening's adventure into podcasting, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Carlos Borgoyo. The man that we call Crunch Crunch. The man who was ridiculed for these soft openings earlier today because of his morose intros. Mr. Les is... Gonna do the same damn thing. <laughs> Gonzalez. <laughs> the man we call El Hombre. The man who just broke my heart by talking shit on Dave Matthews off the air. But that's okay. The man with the golden locks. The man who is a rock star... Mr. Eric regrets talking badly about Dave Matthews Struthers. Now tonight we are very excited. I say this a lot. Every time we have a podcast, we have a guest. I say we are very excited, but I am really excited because I've wanted and we've wanted this person on our podcast. I know Eric has had this wonderful person on his podcast before. Actually, you might have heard her co-hosting the great Imperial Senate podcast, or you might have heard her cheering for her beloved Atlanta Braves. If you attended Geneva High School back in the day, you might have heard her belting out some songs from the musical The Secret Garden. Oh my God. You probably saw her throw out some runners as a star catcher from that same high school. Somebody's done his research. Say hello. Oh my God, you did. I did to Miss Claire (laughs) Stribling. What's happening, Claire? Wow, I'm I'm actually amazed. That is quite the introduction, and I'm I'm surprised at how much you have learned about me. I know there's no kinda, secrets with the Sith list. I'm not being creepy or anything. No, not at all. <laughs> not not at all. <laughs> I was just trying to like pronounce your name right, so I was trying to see if I could. Was there any phonetic thing on it? So yeah. then I found I googled your name, and I found this like crazy picture of you in a musical. And let me tell you, oh my god, I read this whole question question and answer thing that was on there. It's getting and worse and I worse. I guess you killed oh, it. Oh no. You killed it on the Secret Garden. 
you know, junior year of high school. That's where I that's where I peaked, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know where you can go from there because you're high, you're at a high level, star catcher and a star theatrical performer. Oh Amazing. man, yeah, that was that was me back in the day. Yeah. Claire right now is going. Who I the fuck do they know so much about me right yeah, now? Yeah, she's about to end the Skype call. Down a rabbit hole. <laughs> she's like, sure. I'm out of here. But don't worry, that's all don't I know, worry. Claire. We're going to learn more about you in a second because we're going to dive into the wonderful world of Claire Stribling and everything that she loves in fandom and Star Wars and all that great stuff. They, that you already know. That I already know. So yeah, you don't I was need to say tell me. It's almost like you shouldn't <laughs> guest on the show because yeah, I already you I could just it out. I could just yeah. be Claire. You could yeah, be could. Claire. Yeah. 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 Why am I even here? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Claire, first of all, how are you doing? I am excellent. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. I'm doing fantastic. Boo and uh, Les Boo, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm. 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 You, you look. You look very rested. Yeah, actually, I was about to say this is one of the recording days where I'm actually had enough sleep and I'm good to go. So yeah, so I, I am feeling better and looking better. Yes, thank you. Yes, and on that note, while Les looks at me in the eyes and yawns in my face, <laughs> Les, how are you? You already know. Yeah. <sighs> I'm great. Hey, y'all, I'm doing Honestly, just goddamn fine. Okay, baby. there we go. There All we go. All day, every day. There you go. That's <laughs> what I want. Mr. Struthers, how are you doing, buddy? I am really good, man. Things are, everything's coming up, Struthers. Coming up, coming Struthers. Up Struthers. <laughs> nice. Now, let's give this shenanigans out real quick before we get into Claire's uh, wonderful world. Like I said, we are part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Podcast like now this podcasting Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. You can catch us on Twitter. You can catch me at the Sith List, Carlos Borgoya. Or what? I don't know. <laughs> at the Sith List, Boo. The Morose, <laughs> Mr. Crunch Crunch. At Lessonmore78. Mr. El Ombre Struthers. At Eric Struthers. And Claire, where can people find you on Twitter? Let's just get it out of the way. Ooh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at Cstribs. Ooh, Cstribs. Maybe you should have just looked that up instead of like going on this whole rabbit hole (laughs) in your life. Yeah. No, it's great. I was pleasantly surprised. (sighs) Okay, good, good. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, The Sith List. Email us, thesithlist at gmail.com. We have a hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. We have some swag on T Public. And by the way, we're going to put up a new shirt that I've been working on forever. And it's coming on uh, soon. So yes. very, very soon it's going to be on there. Check out us on the Sithlist.net. You can find all kinds of cool pictures and interviews and all kinds of great stuff on the Sithlist.net. Please leave some iTunes reviews. We really, really appreciate it. And that's your shenanigans. And let's get into Claire's fandom and tell us a little bit about the imperial senate podcast and everything so what are you claire what's your obviously you're a huge star wars fan correct oh yeah yeah well that was pretty pretty impressive thank you thank you other than star wars which we'll get back into in a sec other than star wars what is some of the other stuff that you're into um i'd probably say my second place fandom star wars will always be number one in my heart but um i'm a very very big lord of the rings fan Ooh. I reread those novels every couple years and got to watch those extended editions very, very often. Now, um, now before before you move on, when you reread those every year, do you find new stuff every time you read them? Oh, always. Mm. Absolutely. Every single time. And it, yeah. I, and I'm a big, like, softie. I'm a big 
emotional movie and book reader. Um, So I'm always at the end, it's certain parts in the books and the movies. I am always full on sobbing. So I always have my tissues like next to me. (laughs) I know it's coming up. I, I feel very emotionally connected to Lord of the Rings. It's okay. The bomb. I think uh, one of the flash around questions has to be obviously a Lord of the Rings question. So let's, let's save it. Claire's never played the flash around, you know, I do know that. If I actually, I could actually play the flash around for Claire. I think. <laughs> Please don't. I know <laughs> so much about point. it. At this point, I think I can do it. Okay. So Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. What else? There's got to be some other stuff. Yeah. So I'm a huge Legend of Zelda person. I'm okay. all about that. I've played, let me think. Uh, yeah. I have played every Legend of Zelda game. I'm all about that. Wow. It's uh, a big one. And uh, I used to be a big Harry Potter fan. I'm still. I'm still into it, mostly because my nephews have started reading them, and they demanded I got sorted into Pottermore, and I've reread them in the last couple of years just because they keep asking me questions about it, and I'm like, heck yeah. I love being the nerd aunt because then everybody comes to me with their questions, and I'm yeah. very, very happy with that. <laughs> That's really, really cool. And obviously, Star Wars. Of course. So you are the co-host on the Imperial Senate podcast. Tell us a little bit about the Imperial Senate podcast. Yeah. So the Imperial Senate podcast, it's Charlie Ashby, Nikki Kumar, Kristen Bates, and I. And basically, we just like to talk about what's new in Star Wars and not take ourselves too seriously while doing it. Um, wow. Yeah, which is that's, that's pretty a, fun. That's a, unique, that's a unique take. <laughs> right? Usually right. it ends up with... Uh, somebody going on some weird like star wars innuendo and it ends with us talking about what uh this is gross but what made you moist in star wars since the last time we talked what made um, you let's rewind let's back to truck here (laughs) okay what made you moist in star wars yes that is uh, we need to uh bring that that uh to our podcast i think something that makes us moist moist in fandom gotcha (laughs) It's really a great conversation uh, to have every week, and it definitely never gets weird. Not ever. Okay, here's a question. What was sure. the last thing that made you moist in Star Wars? <laughs> um, <laughs> I never thought I would use that sentence on this podcast. No, no. no. You're welcome. Um, yeah, exactly. The last thing <laughs> was probably a couple weeks ago, I went down to Orlando, Florida, okay. and I got to experience uh, the Secrets of the Empire VR. That wait, a really minute, wait a minute, the Secrets it. of the Empire VR. Like, is that like the Void one? Yeah, and oh. it was crazy. Wait a minute, I, I've done this. Is this the one without spoiling it? The very end is pretty damn scary? Yes, it is. Okay, it really I was is. very and moist. I... I was very moist too. <laughs> whole thing. I definitely was not like crying under my helmet, my little VR helmet, because I was like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. It is, yeah. I'm in a Star Wars. Um, so go do it if you ever, if you have it. I've been, I've been raving about changed. that thing. It's the coolest thing I've ever experienced with Star Wars in my life. It's insane. It is insane. Did you try to flip yourself off and see if it worked? <laughs> you know what? I didn't do that. I should have done that. I did it and it worked. You, you literally can flip people off and they can all see you. That's great. I love it. That is really cool. Okay. So everybody check out the Imperial Senate podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, and you obviously you can find it anywhere on iTunes and on Google Play and Podbean and all that, right? Yes. You can find us pretty much anywhere. When do the new episodes come out? Um, so right now we're all 
in a very crazy time, so it's a little less consistent. But we try to put one out every week or two. Okay. Uh, we just had my show drop last week. My uh, my databank discussions where I talked to super super cool Brian Balance, who is the biggest Qui Gon Jinn super fan I've ever met. Wow. Okay. And it was a good time. It was good good time. I love Qui Gon Jinn. He's, He's so good. Awesome. He's like the best. He's the best. His hair rules. <sighs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's so good. It's very Strathers like. Seriously, Eric, you just gotta dye your hair brown. Yeah, exactly. Eric has his is like shiny blonde. It's like beautiful, and, and his is more like a dirty, sandy, Tatooine-ish. You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's. So, are we, are we ready to um, dive into the world of fandom and the box office and all that stuff? Sure, man. Let's do the uh, PSD box office report. This week's box office report is brought to you by the company who's always number one in the designer boxer brief category, PSD Underwear. Since 2007, PSD specializes in premium, affordable underwear with styles for men, women, and youth. They have put together a talented group of designers that include pro athletes Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Chandler Parsons, Baker Mayfield, and just added to the PSD family, Pro Gamer Ninja. Other designs include Rick and Morty, Hey Arnold, Ren and Stimpy, Saved by the Bell, WWE, and a ton of other pop culture designs that will catch your eye. So go to PSDunderwear.com and check them out on Facebook. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. I'm wearing them right now. PSD, wear your life. Looks like Bohemian Rhapsody. I can't speak. It looks like I, I call it boho rap. You get it? Boho. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Bo- wow. Fox's Bohemian Rhapsody delivered a smashing performance, topping the weekend charts with fifty million dollars, well above expectations. Especially now that the critics really didn't like the film for one reason or the other, but the fans seem to love it. Did you see this? I did. Absolutely. You saw it. Yep. Okay. I didn't see it. How? Dare you? It's, you can blame Mr. Jason Ward. We were supposed to go last night, and then he bailed on me to go to a Mueller Report live event. Mueller, she wrote. Mueller, she wrote. Yeah. Whatever she... Yeah, a live event. Mm. Thanks, Les, for correcting me on that. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to get your take on it. Okay. Has anybody else seen it on this podcast? Not no. I. Okay, not I. I okay. haven't either, man, and I what, really what intend the fuck? to. Yeah, you're the only one. This is the first time Boo's seen it and nobody else has seen it. Yeah. Good, okay. Except for Predator, Boo. You had that one on your own. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you, and this is the honest truth, man. This time of year right now, I can't go see a movie about music being made because I'm too busy making music constantly. Mm. It's just that time of year. That's right, man. I'm doing my big TSO tribute. My band, Throw the Horns, is playing all the time. So it's extra rehearsals, extra learning. Extra right. practicing because the dexterity has to be like really through the roof for all this. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I totally understand about that. Excuse um, Well, it kicked ass. It made $50 million. Disney's The Nutcracker and The Four Realms, which is... I, what is know, that? I, it's The Nutcracker meets like... I don't know, man. What? It's just The Nutcracker. It made it's a live million. action of The Nutcracker. It's a live action of The Nutcracker. Had no idea. Yeah, that made $20 million. Wow, okay. And Nobody's Fool, and that's a film from Paramount, I believe, that made $14 million. Do you that's know what that one is, Les? Tiffany Haddish and... Wow. What? That seems slightly awkward that the black movie, the black dude's about to describe it. <laughs> Go ahead. Describe it. What is it? Tiffany Haddish and Tika Sumter. 
I'll, when Aladdin comes out, I'll tell you about it, dude. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. That's it. What is it about? That's all you need to know. Tiffany Haddish, Haddish and Tika Sumter, and it's nobody's fool. Basically, uh, apparently someone's cheating on Tika Sumter or uh-huh. possibly cheating. Okay. And Tiffany Haddish is like the rogue homegirl who's ready to go do all kinds oh, of okay. I love Tiffany stuff. Haddish. I think she's fantastic. Yeah, she's so. funny. Thank you for that uh, description, Les. Appreciate <laughs> it. So there's your box office report brought to you by <laughs> PSD. <laughs> Damn. All right. Since we got the box office out of the way and a little racism, let's, yeah, so a let's go straight into some Star Wars chit-chat. Let's do it. Are we ready, Mr. Struthers? We are ready, man. We are do we, ready. Do we have anything? We have a little bit of stuff. Oh, fantastic. Okay. okay. So just so you guys know, the most recent episode of Star Wars Resistance, the uh, Children from Tahar, is probably the best episode so far. Oh, no. I so, haven't seen it. Oh, oh, man. It's really good. And I, and I got to tell you, my kids are totally digging the show, which okay. obviously was their Disney's intent with this thing. They are way stoked on it. Another thing that is out there and all five shorts are out now is the Lego Star Wars All Stars. And what that what that is, we talked about it a little bit. It's going to be five Internet shorts or, you know, five YouTube shorts. And then they're going to add some other shorts that haven't been shown and air it as a special on Disney XD this month. But go to Disney XD's YouTube channel and check these out. The whole gist of them is you've got this character, Roger, who's a repurposed battle droid. He's from the Freemaker Adventures, and it's it's the chronicles of his poor battle droid life. It's a little back to the future where you're like seeing events from somebody else's perspective. Okay. But uh, very, very well done. It's funny as can be. Matt Wood is the voice of Roger, so it's the battle droid voice mm. with just a little more comedy on it. It's really good. Anyway, yeah, cartoons, they rule, and that's all my brain can handle. I can't handle anything more intelligent or up uptown than that. But for actual regular Star Wars news, Reed Pop, they're the people behind Star Wars Celebration. They announced the first guest, and it is Rob Brudeau, who is the head of ILM. Ooh. And he'll be, yeah, he'll be there to promote and, you know, sign copies of his new book, Industrial Light and Magic presents Making Solo a Star Wars Story. Oh, beautiful. Yes. That's going to be rad. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that because we we really didn't get a making of anything else as far as like Rogue One goes. So this will yeah. be cool to have a, a behind the scenes look at like a Star Wars story. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. And, yeah, and he's a really, really cool dude. If you check out the Star Wars show. There was a segment with him that he's cool to listen to. I think it'll be, I'm hoping that he does a panel, but who knows what's going to happen. The other piece that, and I don't know if you really consider this news per se, but Ron Howard has said that he would be interested in directing another Star Wars film, but it all comes down to the story. Bless his heart. That's, that's like his main thing. And this was in an interview with Metro. So I, Caught this on StarWarsUnderworld.com. I realize I'm going off-brand a little bit, but I'm just going to oh, no, tell no, you. No. That's Those guys are, are definitely on-brand because Making Star Wars Podcast Network loves and Making Star Wars Network. They love the Star Wars Underworld as well. It's a big old family. And I know Claire was on the Kazuda cast 
the one after I was on, and I couldn't listen because I haven't watched the episode yet. But I yeah. was. <laughs> and Claire, don't worry. We're going to come back to you with all this Star Wars stuff, by the way. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Eric, did you see what JJ, the article about JJ? No. I read an article, and it was uh, it was a big trade magazine. I think it was Variety, if I'm not mistaken. J.J. Abrams is reportedly hoping to change this narrative of the Star Wars franchise. And Variety, of all trades, alleges that he's been tasked with putting the ultra-popular space opera back on track. There are no details as how this might come about, but it should be fascinating to see how the galaxy far, far away continues to grow and change. So, allegedly, Disney's talked to him and said, we need you to put it back on track, fix things, because they think Last Jedi was a little bit off course. And this comes from Variety, which was very, very surprising. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Man. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, that's why I wanted to talk to you about it and talk to Claire about it. What's your take, Claire? I know this is an audio format, but I am shaking my head vehemently. <laughs> Claire, uh, I can see you shaking your head. That's not creepy, though. I'm just saying. no that oh whoa there whoa buddy <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. no I just I am very much in the pro last Jedi camp I don't really I get that it was such a divisive film that you would want to have a more satisfying ending for a larger number of people but at the same time that makes me kind of nervous just in the sense of sometimes telling a better story isn't the most satisfying story but. Plus, J.J. Abrams has tended to have a rough time finishing his own stories in the past. So I'm looking forward to what seems to be moving towards a more happy ending than was maybe intended. I totally agree with that. I think, uh, you know what I think what happened is Solo's alleged disappointment at the box office. I think they thought maybe, hey, maybe this came straight from the response of Last Jedi. J.J. come back, fix things a little bit keep us back on course, make a billion dollars, and then let's get back to doing what we normally do. See, that's that, that's what I'm thinking. That whole snippet from the article seems like it's inflated a little bit. Yeah, but you know what's crazy is Variety doesn't do shit like this. Like, Variety doesn't put out, like, clickbait stuff. I know, I, I know, but it just, I don't know, it just seems kind of, I don't know, I, I get this gut feeling that this, you know, they, they might have said, we want you to, to, you know, end it on a solid note, you know, put us, you know, put us on a, on a more solid footing, you know, that kind of thing. Not, you know, right the ship. You know, it's not like, you know, this is that the Titanic, you got to patch a hole. That's what they make it seem like, which yeah. is, it's not. No. So, so that's what I'm saying. It seems a bit inflated, a bit, you know, maybe just adding a little bit more ganache than what is actually there. Ooh, good that's, word. Good you. word. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And, and I'm not saying that, like you guys all know, I love The Last Jedi. Absolutely. It was yeah. Fantastic. Here's the deal, man. I'm looking at the precise verbiage that was taken from the the article and build as a course correction. I don't think that they mean the story. Okay. I think that they mean their business model. Ah. Of we are focusing on the big movies, we're sidelining the Star Wars stories for a little bit and we're pouring all of our effort into make mind you, this is just my guess. But Eric, how would, J- how would JJ help with that? Well, I think what they mean, and it, I don't even think that it's necessarily JJ Abrams. I think that the what they're saying is that episode nine is being viewed by Disney as or by Lucasfilm as a course correction. That oh. just happens to be in an article about JJ Abrams. So what? And and here's here's the deal. Like, there's a million ways you could take this, but I I'm reading it and I feel like. 
that we're putting the, oh, this must be about, they don't like how The Last Jedi ended. I don't think that's it. I think they're talking about more of their 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 business model, their operations, and it's stuff that they talked about when Bob Iger came out and said, hey, look, man, this thing was solo, and the release time, that's my bad. That's right. And that's here's what me. we should have done, and here's what we're going to do. And I think... Right. That is literally what they what they mean by this. It's a course correction saying we're going to wait. We're doing our big tentpole movies and we're going to slow down on the content train. I, I really think that's what they mean. OK, by that. OK, well, I hope so. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that's my take on it. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no. I have been before. You have, but not very often. Not very often. Oh, come on. I'm wrong <laughs> at least once a day. Man, I really don't think there's anything else major except, you know, there's some pretty dope Black Series toys coming out. The okay. Hasbro 6-inch Black Series, but that's not... You can take it or leave it. Uh, Entertainment Earth had an exclusive Han Solo and, in the Hoth gear and Leia in the Hoth gear combo. The pre-order is pre-sold out. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, and, and Inter- Entertainment Earth donated a bunch of stuff for the Kessel Toy Run, I believe. That is holiday music you're listening to in the background, but don't change that dial just yet. This is Arash from the Sith List, and I'm here to talk to you about the Kessel Toy Run Episode Two. Join forces this holiday season, like we did last holiday season, and get together and donate a new Star Wars gift to a hospitalized child and family unable to spend the holidays at home. Now, our boy Brandon setting this up. He did it last year, and he did an amazing job. And the gifts were just unbelievable. Got out to so many wonderful kids that are spending their holidays not at home. This toy drive is going to go from October 15th through December 20th. And all you have to do is go to Amazon.com, and under account, click on find a list or registry. Go to search, and I want you to put in the Kessel Toy Run at gmail.com. Then you click wish list. Choose your items slash items you'd like to buy. Then send your selection to the address, which I'm going to give right now. Send it to Brandon Manriquez, P.O. Box 7232, Long Beach, California, 90807. Now, if you're don't want to use Amazon. It's all good too. If you want to go to Walmart or you want to go to Target, and you want to find a gift on your own, just send your items to the address that I listed. And that's Brandon Manriquez, PO Box 7232, Long Beach, California, 90807. So you might be asking, how is Brandon going to distribute all this by himself? Well, he is. He's got some help. Toys will be distributed by the Child Life Program at Miller Children's and Women's. Also, our friends, the Rogue Rebels, and Saber Guild Temple Prime. When you make that selection, I want you to go on Twitter and tag at Making Star Wars and also tag us at The Sith List, but I definitely want you to tag at Kessel Toy Run. That's at symbol T-H-E-K-E-S-S-E-L-T-O-Y-R-U-N. And are you in? Oh, hell yeah, you're in, because this is a great thing to do. It's the holiday seasons. Let's put a smile on these kids' faces. This is what fandom is all about. Guys, thank you, and I can't wait to see what you guys get for these wonderful kids. Hey, awesome. I, I hope it's okay that I plug this right here. Please, but, plug away. Uh, you know, I talked about how I was doing the 
uh, during the month all the way through the end of November now if you buy my Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners EP on Bandcamp, which is ericstrylers.bandcamp.com for a measly three bucks, you get a free download code for my Subliminal Intent EP, which is a, like classical meets rock meets progressive. It's like very Dave Matthews-ish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just <laughs> what it is. And it's not really. But uh, there's a, an added twist to this. I've decided that all all of the proceeds that I get from Bandcamp through all this is going to go to buying toys for the Kessel Toy Run. Oh, 100%. that's fantastic. What a hero. That is, that that's is awesome. Uh, I'm going to put, I think I'm going to put it right now in a little sound bite. No, nicely done. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, man. Yeah. Like with digital music distribution at this point, I mean, yeah, the money's neat and all. I just want people to listen to the music. And here's the deal. You can listen to some kick-ass rock music and buy a bunch of toys for kids who are going to be in the hospital during Christmas. It's a win-win. <laughs> it's a fucking win-win. He, lo- he loves making the music and he loves the kids. What a hero. Watch him as he goes. I got to tell you, man, I really do. I really do have a spot in my heart for kids. I love my kids. I love kids. And uh, a big tradition in, in my family every year has become, it's called Operation Christmas Child. Okay. And it you get these shoe boxes and you fill them up with toys for kids mm. in third world countries. And oh, we, awesome. we had a kid who actually at my church, who was from... Uh, Romania, maybe I can't remember. But anyway, he, he lived in an orphanage. His story was, and this is no no joke, man. He had never had a personal possession beyond the clothing that he wore until he got one of these boxes one year at oh Christmas. My gosh, ever? That's and unbelievable. He was like ten or eleven at the time. He had never owned anything, and dude, it was like a a game changer for him. And yeah, I don't know. I was going to say that's a life changer. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. That's amazing, mm-hmm. man. And it, and it's all about, it's, it's really all about making sure that they know that somewhere somebody cares about them. And anyway, I don't want to go on and on, but dude, if, if you can change the world, you're going to do it by, by showing the kids that the world's a good place. I, I didn't even know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to continue this podcast after that. I'm touched. I'm sorry, man. No, no, I just, that, you're right. I mean, what else? Seriously, just, like it like, makes me want to tear up, man. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Oh no, it's a it's a wonderful thing, and that's why we do the Kessel Run, Kessel Toy Run, and we're gonna play the PSA like we've been mm-hmm. playing. And by the way, you know what was great? Speaking of the Underworld guys, I got a message um, from Ben Hart, and he's like, "Hey, I listened to your your little commercial on now uh, this podcasting. Can you send it to me because we want to play it on our uh, one of our podcasts?" I Pod- said, "Absolutely, Aww, man." Potting it forward, yeah. So very cool. Potting it forward and all for a good cause. Fantastic. Ben well, th- Hart from the Star Wars Underworld is ben one of Hart. the finest human beings I've ever met. He's I, so great. He's a good I guy. I love that I, dude. Oh. Uh, Claire, was he on the podcast when you got to uh, do the Kazuda cast? No. Actually, it's kind of unfortunate but hilarious. Instead of being on the Kazuda cast with me, which I was sad that he wasn't there, he was driving a barbecue truck across 
like the state get a (laughs) u-haul full of barbecue sauce or something and that is why he couldn't join us that's the best story i've ever heard that is a pretty good one yeah the most ben hart story that is the most ben hart story Boo and I got to meet Ben Hart at Celebration, yep. and he is a very wonderful human being. He's, mm-hmm. he's a very down-to-earth, very kind guy. Very kind yeah. guy. So, yes. And Another so plug for Star Wars parents. If you haven't met his parents, they never, are the no, sweetest. Oh, really? Oh, they're just the nicest bunch. Oh, they are great, man. They are really great. Oh, really? That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't Well, wait. they were at Celebration. Yes, and, and I think the reason they're going to Celebration again. Chicago. Oh, killer. Are they really? Oh, I'm happy. I'm just saying the that reason really. that so so Ben <laughs> driving a truck full of barbecue yeah. so that his parents own and operate a barbecue joint. Oh, okay, I get it. So Less yeah, he, it's, you love barbecue. Yeah, yeah family yeah. business, man. Yeah, the family business. I'm I, thinking about I feel a kind of her trip to go to to Ben's Tom. family's restaurant. One of these. Eric, no, no, count no. me in. No, no, no. All right, no, no. It's a deal. hold on. Tur- slow down. You guys need to come towards the West Coast, Mr. Struthers, and you too, Claire. Come towards the West Coast when Galaxy Judge opens so we can all hang out. We'll have a big party here at the house. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Yeah, I'm okay. in. <laughs> Good. See? I like, that's why I like Claire. <laughs> Deal. Okay, great. Now, Claire, Star Wars, your love for Star Wars. So, how, what is the, like, where does it begin and how did it begin? And, and just tell us about your love for Star Wars. Ooh, okay. And please so, sing it. Sing it like you did on Secret Garden. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, my, my voice has, has changed since I was in Secret Garden my junior year of high school. So I probably, I don't sound like a 10-year-old child anymore, which is oh. probably good. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> Star Wars... Uh, when I was really little, my older brothers had Star Wars toys, and I've always been kind of, uh, I've always gravitated more towards the action figure than the Barbie doll. I was that kind of kid, and um, I loved the Star Wars toys, and I always, I made up my own headcanon, and, which I barely remember, but the one thing I do remember is that I was eventually told that there are movies that go along with these action figures I've been playing with for years. Right. And I was very surprised. <laughs> and <laughs> and so I sat down with my dad and we watched the movies and I was done. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's it, right? You, was, you were hooked. I was completely hooked, although I was completely wrong um, about who everybody was. But it was great. I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised to be wrong about that. How cool and, is that? Uh, How cool is that? She got to experience Star Wars through the toys first. Mm-hmm. Boo, is that the same thing for you? Um, like knowing that looking at the action figures, making up your own headcanon, and then seeing them not what you thought they were that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Was that like that for you? No, I'm pretty sure I saw the movies first because I remember when I when I got my first or I saw my first Star Wars action figure, I was like, I know who that is. I, I didn't know perfectly, okay. but I'd okay. recognized it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome, Claire. Okay, so do you remember what your favorite toy was from back then? Yes, so. We had this, it was like a Death Star playset that came out. Oh my you? God, I know that one. And, and it was like, it was so good and it like would fold out. It like, almost like, not accordion like, but it had multi layers. Like one layer, it looked like the cantina and one layer, it looked like you were on the Death Star. Oh, and, uh, I don't know and that these one. tiny little, 
So it was from the 90s. I am a youngin, but um Yeah, that's okay. But uh yeah, it was really really neat and it had these little you could like press a little button and then the stormtrooper with the blaster would like pop out from behind the rock and it was the it was like a you had really really tiny mini figures that uh, went along with them and one of my most vivid memories of my childhood in relation to Star Wars was my brother breaking the Death Star. Oh, yeah. Um he like broke the top off and it, it was honestly traumatizing. I will he, not get over it. He was just it. trying to be Luke, you know? Well, he wasn't doing it well enough, clearly. Mm, um okay. but you know, it's good. I loved yeah. my Death Star. Okay. What was your how did you watch the films originally? Was it prequel to original trilogy? How did that go? No, so we had the original trilogy on VHS, and so I watched it in release order. Um, okay, cool. I didn't watch, I didn't watch the prequels until much later. I I sat with the original trilogy for a few years, and then, um, and then the first Star Wars movie that I actually saw in the theaters was Episode Three. Um, I I watched the home releases of Episodes One and Two, but, um kind of crazy to think about my first star wars movie in the theaters was episode three and then force awakens came out <laughs> wow so. that is crazy. that's true that's crazy Only one <laughs> yeah my first one was was uh jedi so <laughs> let's, let's not yeah. go there let's not go there eric what was your first one <laughs> was it empire or was it original episode four no it was the original man Amazing. it was the original and it's funny i can remember it, the experience so well even so after good. All these years because I'm old, but (laughs) yeah, man, I saw it in a theater. This was before like stadium style seating in every single theater. It was like just the gentle upslope. Yep. And uh, like I was so sure I had to like I sat on the top edge of the seat instead of like instead of folding it down. Oh, yeah. I sat do that. And dude, (laughs) you have to. Uh, Yeah, I I was about. I was about, I was four. I was about Claire's height, I think. Ha and, ha. Uh, I've never no, met Claire, man. so I don't know how tall you are, Claire. I am. Actually, I do not know how tall, tall you are, Claire, because I've researched you. Just kidding. I'm wow. Just kidding. Let's not. <laughs> Please don't. I, I kid. I kid. I kid. Go ahead. I'm so creeped out right now. Rob. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't research you like that. Don't That's worry, just what I'm somebody not. who's super. But I do creepy. know your social security number. <laughs> just, oh, I'm great. Just I'm kidding. Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> But no, no. Anyway, I was going to say, yeah, that was my first experience. I saw I've seen all of them in the theater. And now I've got to say, when we talk about release order and I'm not going to go on and on about this, I promise. But it's hard for me to argue (laughs) that the release order isn't the best way to view it. And I'll tell you why, because that was my Star Wars experience and Star Wars rules for me. And I want everybody to love it the way I love it. And the way I loved it was seeing the movies in release order i can't imagine a better way to do it because my experience with star wars has been tremendous yeah that's a great point you're right my experience is the same thing and my experience has been amazing so i i agree with you eric and claire same thing because that's what she saw and people that i introduced star wars to that's the way i do it and uh i haven't done that for many people but yeah that's the way i would do it as well Okay, okay, so you saw the original trilogy, then the prequels, and obviously these, these new ones. Out of these new ones, what has, which one is your, is your favorite so far? And this also includes the standalones. Ooh, so I would say Rogue One. I love Rogue One. 
I am an emotional mess watching Rogue One. Les is putting his hands up in the air because he's a big Rogue One fan as well. Yes, Les. I love it too. We have a friend named Mr. Johnny Grasso who does not have our same um, um, our same sentiments. Uh, yeah, he doesn't feel no, that way, but he, he can be as wrong as he wants. He can. He usually is. <laughs> and he usually is. And what's the name of Just his kidding, podcast? Johnny, we love you. Huh? And what's the name of his <laughs> podcast again? His name of his podcast? Uh, oh, right. I know. What's the name of that? Yeah, Boo's right. What's the name of his podcast? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Okay. Just, just checking. So Rogue One, I love Rogue One as well. Okay. And how, how, what did you think about Solo? I loved Solo. I thought Solo was a lot of fun. I thought it was relatively low stakes in comparison to, you know, Last Jedi or Force Awakens because, you know, the state of the galaxy at that point during that movie is not really in jeopardy it's we know where it's gonna go and we know that han lando and chewie are gonna get out but it was i really really enjoyed solo mostly from like this is i don't want to say that i i I did i acted through middle school all the way through my senior year of college and just from like the performance aspect of it i was doing backflips in my seat um Especially Alden was my favorite. Part. And just watching him is one of the most satisfying things about that movie for me. Because he just, he he is Han Solo. Wow. that's and, Yeah, that's amazing. I loved yeah. him too. I thought he was the best. I love Solo. He's so good. He is so good. And then when the movie was so good. And watching it more and more makes it, it's, it's better every time I watch it. Yep. Yeah. It's just delightful. It was delightful, Claire. That's it a was. great that's a great word for the movie. It was delightful. I don't think I've ever used that for solo. <laughs> I think I said it was fucking rad. I think yeah. I said fucking rad. I believe but so. delightful. Yeah, that too. yeah, delightful is just just as good. Okay. So Rogue One, you love solo. Um out of between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, which one was your favorite? Ooh, Last Jedi. Okay. Great. Great. And you have no problem where this franchise is going. And all the, oh, all absolutely not. Okay. No, I feel great about it. I feel like they've done a really, really excellent job so far. We do too. We do too. Okay, great. I love it. And what do you think about Resistance? I know Eric talked about Resistance in this last episode. What do you think overall about Resistance? And do you think it is better than Rebels? And where does it compare to Clone Wars? I know it's the different feel completely, but what do you think about Resistance? Ooh, okay. So... I really, really adore Resistance so far. Um, it's obvious that it's geared towards that younger audience. It has like a little bit more of that slapstick, goofy kind of younger humor. But at the same time, most of the time it lands for me. Um, and I think it's just delightful. And I'm excited to learn more about these characters. I think it's given us a really great glimpse at the state of the galaxy, especially with this last episode, which I will not spoil any of that for you. Oh, thank um, you. There's a lot of fun little little nuggets in this last episode that got me excited about uh, about the state of the galaxy at this time, right before Force Awakens. Cool. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a lot of fun. I think it's visually just stunning, and I uh, I have fallen in love with. Um, a certain character, na- which nobody understands. Uh, the Gorg vendor Bolza is like my favorite. <laughs> okay. He's my celebrity crush. Wow. Um, okay. I adore him. And there's just every minor character in it. Just 
I, I have I have a soft spot for minor characters. That's why databank discussions is all about everyone's favorite minor character because I love the background guys. They're my they're my jam. I watch them okay. more than the people in the front. And uh, resistance is really doing it for me. Oh in, yeah, in that resistance aspect. got a ton. It's got a ton of those. That's for sure. And they're so great. Just all of them are so well fleshed out for background characters, and it just makes me excited. Um, I think that uh, resistance. At this point, I'd probably put it ahead of Rebels. That's just because I'm trying to compare the first season of Rebels to this, and this is landing with me way more. Obviously, we have so much more character development in Rebels, and it ended in a place that I thought was superb. Um, but nothing will be Clone Wars. Nothing will be Clone Wars for me. It is, it's some of my absolute favorite Star Wars, and it came at the right time in my life. Okay. And, uh, I will. I have a very strong attachment to Clone Wars. I would sure. say, obviously, Clone Wars is a little bit more higher brow and is a little bit more story driven. It's. It's. I think Clone Wars is for us. You know what I mean? And this definitely. one is definitely for kids. And Eric was saying that his kids love it, and I've heard from a lot of people that their kids are loving it. I think the comedy lands on this one. The comedy lands with adults as well. I'm really enjoying it. And I can't wait to watch this one because I thought the last episode, Man in the High Tower, I thought that was the best episode of the season. But if Eric's saying that this one's just as good or even better. I can't, I can't wait to watch it. Oh, it was super good. And unlike the subject of kids watching the show, my seven-year-old niece got, I'm starting to get her into Star Wars because of Forces of Destiny. Oh, okay. And she just wanted to watch every episode after every episode and just keep going and loves Ahsoka. And I'm all about that. She's my girl too. But yeah, I cannot wait to see her over Thanksgiving so that I can show her resistance because I think she's going to flip and love it. Oh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I have two nieces and I'm trying to get them to like Star Wars and it's not working so far, but I I think I'm going to go Forces of Destiny. Yeah, I'm going to go that route. Do it. It's definitely worked on my niece. I am brainwashing her effectively now. Good, 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 good. Well, that's great. I love that how passionate you are with Star Wars and we all are too. Obviously, we talk about all kinds of other stuff here, but my true love, Eric's true love, is Star Wars. And I know that, obviously, Les and Boo really, really, really love it, too. But they have other loves that we'll get into <laughs> later, I guess. Cool. Uh, Eric, nothing else in the Star Wars front that you want to uh, chit-chat about? No, man. I, I got nothing. Okay. Well, let's get into some random schmeals. Now, I said that Bohemian Rhapsody came out, and I was going to do a review. Mm-hmm. But Boo, yes. without spo- well, you're definitely not going to spoil the film because I know everything that I pretty much need to know about Freddie Mercury and Queen. (laughs) So what is your quick take on this film? Now, the critics didn't like it because they said that they didn't really get into Freddie Mercury's death Mm -hmm. and him um, getting AIDS and Mm -hmm. how that affected, actually, how that spread the word about HIV and AIDS awareness. And I remember at the time when I was a kid, when Freddie Mercury died, they had a massive concert at Wembley Stadium called, and I'm sure Eric and Les remember this, it was a concert for Freddie. And that was all to raise money for HIV and AIDS awareness. He was one of the first big musical artists to pass away from AIDS. Mm -hmm. And everybody performed there. I mean, it was like Guns N' Roses. It was Metallica. It was David Bowie. If you were anybody, you were there. Yeah, it was amazing. So what did you think about this film? So I do have to agree with the critics that it was a bit nice. You know, they could have gone a, a much darker route. Right. There was some... 
sad points. There was some negative, you know, not not dark and gritty, but, you know, stuff like that in the movie. But yeah, his life and the way that it could have been portrayed could have been much darker. But the movie was very lighthearted because of the music. Oh, cool. The music, you see how the band creates, how everybody had... One thing that I liked, because not a lot of people know this about Queen, is that each member is an integral part to their success. Okay. Each member has written a song, come up with an idea for a song, come up with something. So it's not just... Brian May. And absolutely Freddie not. Cooper. Yeah. Every every single member of the band is part of Queen and is a reason for Queen's success. You see their different methods of creating music, their experimentation, stuff like that, how they are as a band. You know, you see a lot of bands and it's just the front man. No, 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 no. Every single person is a member of Queen and there there are equal parts of Queen which is something that you don't you don't get to see it's a very you know seldom seen thing the music's fantastic like i said even if the movie sucked i'd still be happy cuz you know the soundtracks could be kick ass and it was and it wasn't just all queen which was pretty cool is they, that right yeah yeah they had, they, they had some doors they had some cream oh, um you know stuff like that you know cuz time specific songs you know songs that were big when they were like Oh, it's 1970 something. When they're starting to get into it. So exactly. What inspired them kind exactly, of. Exactly, okay. exactly. Uh, Rami Malik, fantastic. I heard he's going to be nominated for an Academy Award for this one. Yeah, he, he, as of right now, he has to be the front runner. Guarantee that he's got to be the front runner. I won't give it to him because it's a little bit early. You know, there's still some uh, Oscar he, movies coming out. I heard Hugh Jackman's got a movie coming out that is going to be. Uh, competition? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I would imagine. He's called the front runner, if I'm uh. not mistaken. <laughs> No, no, I swear to God, I think really? it's about Gary Hart. Yeah, it's it's the front front. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, when he's running for president, correct? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about right. Gary Hart. Is that correct? Yeah? Yeah. Are you saying yeah just to agree no. with me? Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I appreciate the support. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is about Gary Hart. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. totally, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so Rami Malek was fantastic. Uh, he became Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Which I, the the thing that I, that I attribute to actors and actresses is when I don't see the actor or the actress anymore. You They're thought you were watching Freddy. Exactly. Exactly. They were, yeah, that, that was fantastic. Did they say Ready Freddy in the film? I want to say yes. I want to say yes. Yes, they did. I believe I just, so. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah. If they say Ready Freddy, I'm going to go see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say go see it. Go see it. It's, okay, I heard, this is what I've heard. The last 20 minutes is remarkable in a movie theater. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It is remarkable. Yeah. The last 20 minutes, I thought, I was like, is this, is this really going to happen? Are they really going to do this? And I was happy they did it. Okay. I was, I was a bit wary and I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of odd. No, it is, it is fantastic. I was proven wrong. The movie, the movie is, is good. It's not great. There's nothing bad about it. Okay. It's just not special. Is that right? It's just not special. Okay. That's, that's what I got out of it. I, I walked out of there. Some, some people who are historical sticklers, and need to go they by the not fact like they did not like it. Okay, go see it. If I had to rank it within the you know musical biopics that have come out recently with Straight Outta Compton and All Eyes on Me, I would put this uh, oh, behind. All Eyes on Me was so so bad. bad. I know, I know. But you know, that, <laughs> oh, now man. this is technically the third one in this yeah. new genre of right, musical right, right. biopics. Right. I would put this in second place behind Straight Outta Compton. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. I would say definitely. So you would go give this it. the Sithless Seal of approval. Yes, go see it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And if you're a Queen fan, it's a must. Absolutely. Especially especially being in a theater, you know, with the proper audio, massive speakers, you yeah. get the concert feel. There's tons of music. Definitely go see it. 
All right. Thank you for that, man. Yeah. Uh, Eric, are you going to go check this out, being a musician and being such a great musician at that? If, dude, if I can get the time, that's okay, the key. But this while is one that you do definitely want to see, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, cool. Struthers, you should see it. I, I'm sure you're aware and you know you, you have greater knowledge than, than all of us do about making music, seeing how they create some of their music, get some of their sounds and stuff like that. That's very interesting. So I, I think Eric might appreciate it on more of a level than just being a fan, but uh, as being an, an artist himself. Yeah. Let me tell you one thing. Uh oh. No, let me tell you one thing. This is I'm a little. I've been drinking a little bit right now. So oh I'm a shit! Buzzed, but I will tell you this. <laughs> is it about Claire? No, it's not about Claire. <laughs> something more you know. Claire's been drinking too, by the way. And Claire's been drinking wine, and she's been drinking a Dave Matthews wine. Ah. Which it's just so blew, good. Which blew my fucking mind. Mm. Okay. It's called the Dreaming Tree. What is it? The Dreaming, Dreaming Tree what? I'm drinking Dreaming Tree Cabernet, but I think they have like Pinot Noir and I don't know what else. I know they have Pinot Noir. It's very good. I I, I mean, highly recommend I it. I had no idea that he is making um, wines. So Les and I are going to go on a wine binge and we're going to go check it out. Is it? You said it's from Napa? It is from Napa. Yes. Okay. I can't remember what that. the name of the actual winery and that Dreaming he's partnered like. With. Dreamy Tree is like one of our favorite songs, both of us. I know he's yep. a huge Dreamy Tree guy. Okay. But beside the point, what I wanted to say is that <laughs> editing the last episode and we talked about The Edge and Brian May mm-hmm. and listening to Eric and adding those songs in while Eric was talking about it was one of the my favorite moments editing a Sithless episode ever because mm-hmm. I love listening to Eric talk about music. Yeah, because he, he actually loves making music. Yes, exactly. He's, he loves knowing about music. Yeah, I just absolutely. wanted to throw that out there, Eric. I enjoyed listening to it too. Oh, you did? Thank you. Thank I you did. Yeah. When we, when we do the strumming with Struthers, yeah. is one of my favorite things to do on the Sithis. What'd you say? You, you didn't know that already? That that uh, Claire loved listening. To I it? didn't know Claire listened to the Sithis. No. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in your research. That wasn't in my research. No. <laughs> wow, I didn't dig deep enough, man. I did uh, no. not. Yeah. You found out. I'm not, that, a... I'm not that much of a creeper. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you uh, going and watching it. And yeah. Jason Ward, you're a dick for not <laughs> just kidding, Jason. But he's a massive Queen fan. That's why I wanted to go see it with him. I uh, definitely will see you by by this week. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. back to our show jumping into another movie so a couple weeks ago i got to attend the la comic-con which is an up-and-coming comic-con i got a press pass and i got to go and i got to attend a panel for a new science fiction indie film that comes out actually this week called prospect Twenty-seven forty-two, requesting release I have the location of a massive deposit of Orlac. The Queen's Lair, by my estimation, is the largest anyone's ever seen. Someone is approaching. Where are you from? Nowhere. Capoeira. 
queen's lair. Where is it? Drop it! Well, this is something I have never seen. In all my time in the green, a little girl. We're in the same trough, you and I. You don't have a ship? No, I don't. But you will find a way to get home. If you find that buried treasure. Why should I trust you? You're a killer. I am indeed. But are you? I can offer protection. I say together we ravage the Queen's lair. Even split? Of course. I sustained a wound. I was hoping you had some juice. Here is our offer. I don't understand. Put a go. That is a bold offer. Well, you're gonna have to trust me. You're trying to trick me. It was all in the name of self-preservation, Bertie. It was nothing personal. The studio was cool enough to send me a screener of the film, which is very cool. And thank you guys for sending that. That was very awesome. And I got to send it to everybody that's on this podcast. And I think everybody saw it or came close to seeing it, right? Correct? I saw it, yes. I, I saw it. Claire, did you get to see it? I did. Ooh, Mrs. Struthers? I am three-fourths of the way in. Okay, cool. Wow. Cool. Wow. wow. That's great, man. Hey, studios, listen. If you're listening now, Eric will watch movies if you send them to me, and I will just send them to him so he can watch them at home. He will watch them. Seriously, that's the easiest way, man. My yeah, so my biggest please. obstacle is time. I know, I know. <laughs> so keep sending them our way, please. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this. This was a winner of the Adam Yach Hornblower Award. I love that fucking name. Um, at South by Southwest in 2018. And here's a synopsis. A teenage girl and her father travel to a remote alien moon aiming to strike it rich. They've secured a contract to harvest a large deposit of the elusive gems hidden in the depths of the moon's toxic forest. Kind of like Endor. But there are others roving the wilderness and the job quickly devolves into a fight to survive. Forced to contend not only with the force others' ruthless inhabitants, but with her own father's greed, the girl finds she must carve her own path to escape. Now it was written and directed by Christopher Caldwell and Zeke Earl. And these guys are independent filmmakers. And what I loved about this is that they hired a bunch of carpenters and designers and mechanics. And here's the coolest thing, cosplayers to create all the handmade costumes and props for this film. I thought that was the coolest thing for mm -hmm. me. To me, it was kind of like Alien meets Logan mm -hmm. meets like a Western. Yeah. What I'm going to do right now, got to watch, go to the panel, and I recorded a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to play a little of what I saw at the panel by the directors and all that and some of the actors that were there and then come back. We'll all talk about it and see what we thought about it. I got to ask Zeke and Earl, so, so you not only directed the film, you, you co-wrote it as well. Uh, so what was the inspiration behind this? Like, where did you, you really start? And, and what were the, some of the, the films and, and novels and sci-fi writers that inspired we wanted, we really wanted this, like, it's a stylized space western adventure, but at the same time we wanted it to feel really grounded within its own world. 
And, you know, even like from the pod landing sequence, like the, the harvesting sequence, we kind of, you know, get off on those little details. And like Apollo 13 was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. We were big uh, NASA sort of fanboys out of ways. And we wanted to capture some of that. You like, you don't just, uh, you know, push a button, cut to an exterior, and now you're on the surface of an alien planet. We wanted to, to go through that experience with the characters and feel what it's like to, to go through uh, planetary reentry. And not only that, it was, you know, the technology level kind of in this film and part of the premise of the world is that these people don't have a lot of money and, and, and these spacecraft and good equipment is expensive. And so they're in sort of this, the, the, the space equivalent of a U-Haul, something that rented, something that a bunch of people have abused and, um, you know, they're risking their lives to get down on it. And so a lot of kind of like the, the, the tedium that, that these guys had to go through was to really give the world that, that, um, groundedness. Entire budget for Prospect is like the budget, I don't know, a modern Star Wars movie has for like uh, a lightsaber fight or <laughs> half a lightsaber fight. Craft services. Yeah, so we, we, we couldn't just like call up a Hollywood production design house and be like, we need five spacesuits and a bunch of spaceships. Uh, we had to completely start from scratch. So we, we rented a uh, an old boat building warehouse in Seattle that was sandwiched between a wheat shop and an Episcopal bookstore. And we, uh, Chris and I had just been sort of acquiring friends who could uh, make things. But these people had never worked on a film before. It's like we had a bike builder who designed uh, the, the spaceship you were just uh, watching. Um, and we had like a friend you know, who remodeled houses. We had a friend who was just laid off from Boeing, who was an electrical engineer. Um, our production designer's background is in medical insurance. Uh, but all these people, we'd been talking about this for a long time, and they were just watching like YouTube videos on how to make stuff. It's like, uh, you know, just reading about 3D printing, and, and we, we assembled uh, an entire shop. We kind of, our core crew was like, got to like 16, uh, 20 people, and uh, we, we fought for seven months of pre-production, which is actually a really long time for an indie film. Indie films usually sometimes only get like five weeks, and we kind of told our financiers, look, if you give us all this time uh, with this small group of people in our warehouse, we can make like this whole uh, sci-fi world, and yeah, that's what we did. Again, the movie opens Friday. I just want to read a couple of quick reviews. I got it. Thank you. Um, Couple quick reviews. Uh, okay, so Hajiba calls it a gem. Uh, Slash Film says uh, it's the kind of sci-fi we need to see more often. And let's see, Variety says this is what the standalone Star Wars movies should feel like. So that's a high praise indeed. And one very well respected national critic said this: riveting, mesmerizing, and superb. A great film by any measure. Do you know what respected national film critics said that? I do. I do. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and thanks so much. Thanks so much. Okay, so that was Christopher Codwell, Zeke Earl, and the main actress in the film, Sophie Thatcher, and I think Jay Duplass was also there. Unfortunately, Pedro Pascal wasn't there. He's busy doing like The Mandalorian or whatever the hell he's he's uh, rumored to be in. Doing Pedro Pascal Narcos or whatever the hell he's doing. He's a great, fantastic actor. Yes, he is. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can do whatever he wants. He's the (laughs) the man. Okay, so I'm going to go with our guest first. Claire, what did you think about Prospect? 
I enjoyed it. It was, um, I, I had a really great time watching Pedro Pascal. Um, he was easily the standout performance right. in this film. Anytime he opened his mouth or like was on screen, I was, I was completely drawn in. He's just so talented. I love watching him. And, um, I really, I liked the world. I, I'm so excited to hear that a bunch of cosplayers helped with the costuming because I thought the costuming was so neat. So and, yeah. um, yeah. it was like, it was, it was just super neat. And they, they looked, uh, they looked like people who were trying to hit it rich, not like the, you know, the stereotypical astronaut person in space who, you know, has all this high tech equipment and stuff. It looked so, so cool. The world was, was very, very interesting to me. And overall, I thought the performances were really great. The pacing was a little bit off at times. Mm-hmm, it would, mm-hmm, it would be, it would get a little slow and it would come back and be interesting, um, pace, pacing wise. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I'm glad I watched it. Cause this is, this is right up my alley. It's, it's kind of, kind of Dune kind of, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And Pedro Pascal's amazing. And is, I don't think amazing. I have I'm, to say that, but right. And, I, and I'm glad that he decided to join the cast. Like mm-hmm. this is an indie film and Sophie Thatcher, the main actress in this is his first, her first film ever. Really? And Jay Duplass. So he, yeah. He, he was, he's on a show called Transparent, which is a big show on Amazon, I believe. Yes. About a transgender uh, character. And, and it's, it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've, I've watched it. It's amazing. He's a great actor as well, but. Pedro Pascal steals the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see the, the difference in, in everybody. When he's on screen, he steals every scene. But I, I totally agree, agree with you, Claire. And I thought, you know what's so cool about this? Even the dust, the dust that you saw was actual dust that they pretty much accumulated, like desk dust. Wow. And oh, my gosh. Was, yeah, there was no CGI on the dust or any of that stuff in the world. It was, it was unbelievable. That's it was cool. insane. Yeah, it was insane. I kind of had... Uh... It had a feeling almost of like uh, Chronicles of Riddick, uh-huh. kind of like Riddick. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Pedro Pascal's character was basically you know the anti-hero. I really enjoyed it, but I do agree with you and, and Claire. The the pacing was a little off, but to see the cast was actually pretty cool because there were other char- you know other actors that were really good. Andre Royo, who's part of the Wire, who's who was in the Wire and um other various movies and stuff. Very good actor. So to be able to get that. I, I really, really liked, even though it was a space movie, it was, looked old school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looked like 2001, mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. inside the cockpit of the, the pod, mm-hmm. you know, so cool. it looked like, you know, just flipping switches and stuff like that and using the old, you know, flip book manual and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, so it's not like high tech. Obviously it's an in- independent movie, but yes. I enjoyed that part of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I yeah, I would have to agree with you guys. It was a, it was a bit of a slow burn, but it was a enjoyable slow burn. That was the, the that was the thing that I liked most is that it was just smooth movie. I didn't feel like there was very big dips or anything like that. Where I you know with independent films, you kind of have a you know a wariness about what's going on. Those very well made film. Yeah, the, the entire time I enjoyed the setting. I thought the setting was perfect. It was beautiful. Everywhere you looked, it was great. The Limited use of CGI, I thought was genius. Everything from, from the settings to the suits to all the props and everything like that. Like, like Les is saying, felt very old school, felt very real. 
you know, you know, I, I think in a day and age where we use CGI for everything, not using it, I think changes the feel and the look of a movie. You're like, okay, yeah, uh, a very good movie. I would recommend seeing it. I'd like to see it in the theater. It would yeah. probably have been pretty cool. And you know what was cool was the the music. The score was yes. really like, dark and mm-hmm. yeah. very moody. It yes, was, it was very. Yeah, no, yeah, it was it was fantastic. They were saying they were joking around that the whole movie costs as much as like a ten minute lightsaber fight in a Star Wars film. I bet. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So, <laughs> yeah, they didn't spend a lot of money on it, and they were all in one warehouse, and they just did everything all there within like twenty thirty days, and had everything done. See, and then they, then they went and filmed the movie. Yeah. See, see, with the whole ten minute lightsaber battle and stuff like that, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I really dug the the rawness of it i think it helped sell the story mm-hmm. so all of that really worked out in its favor there were parts where it's I've, the pacing you guys are right i thought they kind of need to get to the point we spent a little bit of two like they're going for the slow burn and it sort of backfired a little bit but uh the sound design is really good in it uh there's a couple of things in the mix i probably would have done slightly differently with the sound effects versus everything else but it was extremely well done. The visuals really matched what they were going for. And yeah, the score was, yeah, I don't know that it's what I would have done, but that's a good thing because they nailed it. Yeah, it worked, right? It definitely yeah. worked. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I totally agree. I, and it was creepy at times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. felt creepy. So I would definitely go check it out and check it out in the theater, experience it. And it's great to have original stories. Yes. Like we always talk about yeah. where are the original stories. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of our segments is uh, This Week in Reboots. But this is like an original story with fans of sci-fi and Star mm-hmm. Wars and aliens and all this stuff. 2001. 2001. Yeah. It just, it was very cool. Yeah. And, and, and that's a key point that this is sci-fi. People yeah. start losing the idea of what sci-fi is with these big movies and these big franchises. This is this is true sci-fi. It is. This it is, is the, this is what sci-fi is. This is what it's built upon. Yeah, and it's nice to see that it's still happening. Yeah. yeah, it had all the elements. Exactly. You know, post-apocalyptic, the space travel. Obviously, go check it out, people. And it is called Prospect. You can Google it. It's coming out. It came out in New York and L.A. this week, this last weekend, and it's coming out all over the place. Hopefully, to a theater near you by the time you're listening to this podcast. And thank you guys, by the way, for watching it. Yeah, so talk about it, Claire. Thank you, appreciate it. And Eric, and I was so excited. Now, guys, are you Claire? Are you a fan of Westworld? Yes, but I have not watched the new season because I've I've been two seas two episodes in, and I have fallen off the wagon. But I will okay. get back on. No, no, Claire, I am right there with you. I have fallen okay, off the good. wagon, <laughs> and I am right there with you because I haven't seen more than two episodes of this season, and I know Les is very upset at me. And other people are upset at me, but uh, there are there is some Westworld news. It looks like Aaron Paul has been casted for the third season of Westworld, so he's bringing his bitch to Westworld. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to say it. Probably not. Aaron Paul has has doled out his first details about his Westworld character. This is what he said: "I haven't read any scripts, but we don't start till next March. <laughs> it's going to be a while. I believe March or April. But what they told me about the world and this person." It was very exciting. Paul told this to Entertainment Tonight during a recent interview about his upcoming film, Welcome Home. But finally, after declaring he really can't say anything, he offered these four words. He described the mystery role, saying he will bring excitement, danger, suspense, 
and honesty to Westworld. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. He didn't say much. I love Aaron Paul. Mm-hmm. I'm glad mm-hmm. he's got a job because yeah. I loved him in Breaking Bad. And I think he's going to bring uh, something uh, to Westworld. I think it's going to be great. He's going to bring excitement, danger, suspense, and honesty <laughs> to Westworld. Thanks for your insight, Les. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Just want to throw that out there I mean, for the Westworld four fans. elements, man. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> now, who's seen who's seen Haunting of Hill House? I have. What, I've seen it. Is yes, that the haunt, name of it? Haunting of Hill House? Hill House? That's yeah. a bold-faced lie. You've never seen it. Fuck no, I haven't seen it. See, Claire, Boo is scared of scary movies. Yeah. Oh, you won't won't laugh. I haven't even watched the little trailer thing when you open up Netflix. When it like, it's like, look, look at, look at our new show. Fuck that. Immediately I'm going to something else. I don't want to see that shit. Yeah. No. I've watched three episodes and it, it is fucking freaking. It's cool. It is cool. You knocked it out, Claire. I, I'm, I've watched four episodes. Hi, Ooh, I beat okay. you by one. <laughs> That's very interesting. Unless you've, you've I've finished seen... it. I'm going to have to watch it again. I've heard that the fifth episode is a, oh my God, holy shit, this show's freaky as hell episode. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so ready. <laughs> yeah. So that's your next one. That's what I heard. Is that true? Uh, there's some, yeah, there's, there's some... an episode. I don't know if it's the fifth one, but the rumor is it's the fifth one that there's you There's something that Fuck. happens in it and you are sweating. Boo, you need to watch this as a Sithless host here. I think. It is your duty to your listeners to watch this. So, show. so what I'll tell you right now, Carlos, to possibly help. Huh? There's not a lot of jump scares. They're just creepy creeps. Slide so the creepy. shit in, dude. <laughs> That's, like, that doesn't help at all. So Les. you don't get like a setup, and also like bam, you know, yeah. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. More like holy, what the, what the. Oh. <laughs> See, it's slightly cringy. Is see, all see, but that's the see. It's not the jump scares that keep you up at night. It's that shit. It's that you know, you know, you start looking in the corner of your dark, uh, dark bedroom. You're just trying to fall asleep, and you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck is over there? Let me close this door. I don't need that. Okay, so then why don't you do this instead? Look not at see it. it? Done. <laughs> Look at it like <laughs> this, because they every other episode or every episode is a clinic in acting. Huh. Okay. Like, I've, I, what I've seen the first three episodes, the acting's amazing. They put on a clinic. It is legit just them going off and just skills. Just huh. Skills. Well, one of the leads Les was through. saying was, is in uh, Game of Thrones. He is. Daria Noharis. Oh. You a Game of Thrones fan, Claire? I absolutely am. Oh, so we got to have you back on when it starts like three years from now, whenever that is. Please, no, <laughs> three years, please let me know. I'm there. Okay, yeah, great. No, no, the prequel, we'll have her back on for the prequel. The prequel be will come on before. before the real one. Yeah, yeah probably. That's yeah. how it's going to work. Yeah. But okay, Claire, what do you think about this show? I really, really enjoy it so far. I like that. I mean, I love horror movies, but I, I get a little annoyed with an excessive use of jump scare. So I like that this is creepy and it's, legitimately suspenseful i think that takes more finesse than just ah something scary jumping out at you like okay fine anybody can do that (laughs) but (laughs) but you're right this the acting in this is so so good and it's legitimately interesting i love how they focus on each of the characters in the family and so far they've been getting a lot of individual episodes and like how their childhood and it's like it you go from their childhood to their adult life and how their yes crazy creepy haunted house childhood affects how they are now and it's 
very, very interesting. And so I, I'm enjoying it a lot. I can't wait to see I've, what actually went down in that house. Yes. And so, I've heard in real life, the interior of that house, there's, there's a bunch of people that have heard some creepy ass shit and they say that that house is really fucked up. Well, but Claire brought up a great point because a lot of times when there's uh, stories of kids being haunted right. or families being haunted, you don't get the story after that. You know what I mean? Like what happens as they grow up and what, what happens to them when they're adults. So what you see in this is exactly, yeah, it's really cool to expand on that. I agree. I can't wait to get into it. And here's a shameless plug. If you like this kind of stuff, listen to your creepy podcast with Jesse and Rebecca. Shameless plug. Awesome <laughs> plug. Awesome <laughs> plug. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Struthers, you have to watch this because you can watch <laughs> this at your house. It's on Netflix. You don't have to leave the house. And you can sit there and just get creeped out. Sweet, man. You know, that's that's what I do. <laughs> I know. I know. So check it out, people. And I can't wait to really get into this and uh, finish this thing off. How many episodes? Like 10? There are 10. Okay, so Boo, I expect you to watch at least at least two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Boo will get freaked out in the very first scene of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kid laying down on the bed. Right when that... Shit happened the first like thirty seconds. I was like, "Oh fuck, this show's gonna be crazy." Yeah, if I can't even watch the little trailer thing that Netflix puts on, you expect me to watch the fucking show? No. <laughs> How are you a football coach? Because I I, I I could tell kids to launch themselves at each other, and I could, I did as as a player, but doesn't mean I I'd, I'm down to walk into a haunted house. It's <laughs> <laughs> a difference. Come on, man. It's a difference. You could be a man in different ways. You can right. be a man in different ways. There true. you go. Yeah. Okay. If that's what you think. All right. <laughs> Let's talk a little superhero comic book, TV, movie, sociological study news. Hmm. There was this is this comes from the rap, this comes from the rap dot com. So so social so, how should call social drink a couple beers. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a segue too. Thank you, buddy. In a study by the American Academy of Pediatrics, published on Friday, researchers found that protagonists in superhero movies commit 23 acts of violence per hour compared to just 18 per hour committed by antagonists. The study also found that male characters were nearly five times more likely than female characters to be violent, 34 times per hour for men compared to seven per hour for women. So this is what people that conducted the study said children and adolescents see the superheroes as good guys and may be influenced by their portrayal of risk-taking behaviors and acts of violence said the abstract leader author robert olympia md a professor in the department of emergency medicine and pediatrics at penn state college of medicine and attending physician at milton s hershey medical center at penn state i'm fucking editing all that out <laughs> Damn, his degree must be gigantic. Fuck, man. That yeah. guy had the longest he's fucking... Like, he's got... He's got... He's, plaque, he's plaque, like the plaque, lottery plaque, check plaque. that everybody wins. Yeah. <laughs> That's 100000 that Every word is $100,000, by the way. Goodness yeah. gracious. <laughs> so it says here, pediatric healthcare providers should educate families about violence depicted in their genre of film and the potential dangers that may occur when children attempt to emulate these perceived heroes. Mr. Strothers, as a parent, do you find it a little weird that the heroes are killing and causing more violence than the villains. No, and I'll tell you why. Because the overall evil of the villain is the the object that 
the hero is supposed to stop. And it is their journey that you're watching, not the villains. What they have to take into account is usually the antagonist. If Dr. Doom is standing at a mountaintop saying, I'm going to do something atrocious, atrocious, that is crazy and out there. The Fantastic Four have to fight through everyone to get to him. Doom bots, all that. So, of course, they're going to commit acts of violence, a, a lot of violence to get to the end goal. Mm-hmm. Batman has to go through everyone. Henchmen. Henchmen. Someone else jumping him from behind going, I finally mm-hmm. have a chance to take you out. Mm-hmm. Like, while he's trying to stop the Scarecrow from poisoning Gotham's waters, yes, he's got to h- handle so much more than just going straight for the head of mm-hmm. this whole thing. So, I mean, it is a good point, and, you know, to be able to say, have your, you know, have your, uh, walk your kids through it and say, mm-hmm. look, this is why this is happening. Maybe, but ultimately, there's so much more. Like Eric said, it's all part of the journey. So by the time Superman gets to Darkseid, he's had to fight through Earth and a ton of galaxies just to land on Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a slightly skewed kind of thing, but well, it's the the villain, and they're they're talking about on, on screen actions, yeah. not right. total actions. There, sh- you're watching the journey of the the hero, not the villain. So you're seeing more of what the hero does than it's kind of like. You know, the mailman delivers mail to a ton of houses, but you only see him do it to your house and the neighbors as he's mm-hmm. walking past. My mailman you know comes to I my mean? neighbor's house a lot. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> but but it's it's that sort of thing. You're watching the hero's perspective, not the villain's. So therefore, you're seeing more of what the hero's doing. It doesn't mean the villain is is doing less physical violence it's just you're not seeing it i think that's it's a weird skewed thing because it's all about teaching your kids what the reality of the situation is and here's why the fight is important that's the biggest piece of it all here's why the fight's important here's why it matters here's what the hero is trying to stop and here's why and here's why it's their responsibility to do this because they're the ones that have the power to do it I think I need to queue up. There goes my hero again. Yep. And then, if, like Eric said, if you explain this to your child, uh, how the process works, I think everything will be okay. Yes. Claire, you're on the same page, correct? I am on the same page. I agree. Fantastic. Well, that was a nice little discussion. That was. Like, I, got a yeah, little I was those. reaching for some content and I got like, you know, we got a little, got into it. That was a very good yeah, question. Very good. We have a voicemail from King Tom, King of all Toms. I think it's right about the Avengers and stuff like that that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sith Listers, it's King Tom. I recently finished a MCU rewatch with my daughter. We watched most of the movies. Oh, how um, Did Infinity that. War, and then because it recently came out on home video, we finished with Ant-Man and the Wasp, which we saw in the theaters, but it's a fun movie. We both dig it and figured we'd watch it again. And it kind of brought to mind a question I wanted to bounce off of you guys. What do you see is, is the future for Ant-Man and or the Wasp? After Infinity War Part Two, um, I mean, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Scott and Hope, they're great additions to the MCU. Ant-Man and the Wasp are definitely part of the historical Marvel story. They're not a huge part, 
pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> but they're definitely part of Marvel. But the, the movies themselves, you know, they were very good, entertaining movies. They made money. They weren't blockbusters. But are they going to give them a, you know, Ant-Man 3 or Ant-Man and the Wasp 2 or whatever you want to call it? Um, old school Ant-Man and the Wasp with uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer? I don't know. Or they would they just keep the, the two of them to future, like, Avengers 5 movies? I'm, tr- I'm just trying to figure that out and wanted to see if you guys had any ideas or preferences to how they're used in Marvel movies in the future. Anyway, thanks for listening and thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Well, thanks, King Tom. And let me just say, you sending us MP3s, the quality is just amazing. Mm-hmm. I do miss you calling the Sithless hotline, though, because I see that King Tom calls and I want to pick up the phone. But <laughs> this does sound a lot better. He's, uh, he's taking the next step. He has taken the next step. Les, you are our comic book guru. What do you think about this situation with Ant-Man and the Wasp? Well, can I throw it to our guest first? You can do whatever you want. You want to you chime in, That would be the polite thing to do. No? And you, I was testing you, Les, and you passed. <laughs> go ahead. Pass Ooh, it to okay. our guest. Uh, to, so, yeah, well, hold on, hold on. He has to officially pass it to you, though, Claire. Go ahead. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, go ahead. Go, Les. Uh, what am I supposed to say? How about you, Claire? <laughs> there like it is. I already did. There it is. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> I think that... <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I think that um, while I would like to see an Ant-Man and the Wasp Part 2 or an Ant-Man 3 or whatever, I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp didn't do that great at the box office in comparison to the other movies. If I'm thinking from like a practical standpoint, I feel like financially it might not be the first one they they go for. But at the same time... They were so good, both of the Ant-Man movies. I just, I enjoyed them so much, and I'd like to see them have another kind of sequel. Um, But more realistically, I think they'd probably just play a role in later Avengers movies. But I need more Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp in my life. And she's awesome. So, she's so good. And, and yeah, I, I hope that we do get some Quantum Realm you know, in play in the next couple oh, We're going to get movies. some Quantum Realm, that's for sure. We better get some Quantum Realm because, yeah, anyway, I, I hope that we get more of them, but I don't I like, know if it'll be in because, their own Because, uh, anyway, let's just say. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, you know, you know you just, <laughs> things and Who stuff. doesn't need more Quantum Realm? <laughs> right. Right. I agree. I agree. I think I love both movies, and I love Paul Rudd, and I love Evangeline Lilly, and I think she's a badass, and I think he's cool, and he's funny, and I, I think they will make him just because it's the comic relief of the franchise, and I think they're going to be a big part of the next phase, is what I think. Yeah, no, they're totally going to be a big part. Uh, I would prefer, I would prefer for them to just be in an ensemble film, mm-hmm. so just in an Avengers film, yeah, or maybe do take the route that they've taken with Captain America and drag all the Avengers into an Ant Man and Wasp movie. Oh, that'd be nice. You know, yeah. if they. If they do like an Ant-Man and Wasp 3 and then just have all the Avengers show up, you know, or maybe even stretch it out and say Avengers West Coast because they are in California. San Fran. And Black Panther started something across that bridge in oh, Oakland. Oh, Oakland. And Ooh, I like Tony Stark this. based in California, too, even though Stark Tower is in New York. It's Malibu. Yes. I like where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. I think where they go here in the future is very dependent on how big. And how you know? No pun intended. How instrumental they are into Ooh, like into uh, Avengers Four Part Two to see what they can do. I, I do agree that I don't think they're 
will be able to have their own movie anymore. I think they've kind of tapped out. Although they are very cool. The aspect of, of what they're able to do, the shrinking, all that, you know, the, you know, the growing, you know, the big stuff like that. It's a different feel to the regular superheroes. Everybody's just the same size. With them, they can do cooler things. You know, it, as far as like in, uh, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the, the, some of those scenes, those, the, the fight scenes are some of the best I've seen from the Marvel yeah, Cinematic really Universe. Cool. They're really cool. You know, the way they utilize the shrinking and the growing and all that was just awesome to watch. So I, I, I wouldn't... You I, love shrinking and growing, I heard. That's a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a little nipply, yeah, a little bit. Um, Did you say nipply? Is that what you just said? Nipply, yeah, I guess a little nipply outside. Yeah. Cold outside. Oh, it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah, man. I was in the pool. Yeah. I was in the pool. <laughs> That's a Seinfeld reference, right. yeah. Sorry, Claire. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, so I'm not sure if they would be able to make any more movies. You know, if, I don't know if it would be financially responsible for them. I would like to see them more, absolutely. Maybe, uh, like you guys are saying, uh, in an uh, ensemble cast, ensemble cast, that would be nice to see. But I, I don't know if they'll be making any more, no. Okay, uh, Mr. King Tom, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Mr. Chansky, thank you for sending us a beautiful, crispy, clear voicemail mm-hmm. talking about shrinking and growing. <laughs> Please send more. All right, it's time to talk a little Walking Dead. And I know we haven't talked Finally. Walking Dead in a long time, but boy, oh boy, is this the time to talk because everybody's updated everybody's caught up and it was rick grimes his last episode Mm -hmm. going to spoil the shit out of this episode so if you're not caught up to the walking dead please forward this about i don't know seven eight minutes maybe a little bit longer get back to having claire and eric back on here because they don't watch the walking dead so we didn't want to have them sit here and spoil it for them and have them sit here and just listen to us so Okay, guys, what is your initial take? Now, this was Rick's last episode. So, all three, two, one, spoil. Last week, we asked Boo, and I also asked Les, what they should do with Rick. Should they kill him off, or should they keep him and have him just go away? Well, he was definitely done with The Walking Dead, so he's not going to be on that show ever again. That is for sure. Yes. So, he is done with that, but they did not kill him off. Initial reactions about the episode... And about Rick and about where this thing is going, Mr. Carlos Borgwell. So I have to say, throughout the season, even bef- even if I hadn't known that this was Andrew Lincoln's last season, last five episodes, even if I hadn't known that before, it had the feel of he's gonna go. It just it just felt like that how how much he was fighting, how optimistic he was. It just seemed kind of. A little bit, a little bit foretold, a bit too much, but also a little bit poetic about what he's willing to do and what he's trying to do and everything and how, how much success he sees in the future and stuff like that. I am happy with the way they did it. I'm glad that he's, I had said last week that I would have preferred for him to die, but I'm glad that he didn't. And with, you know, the new information that we have now, it is kind of exciting and kind of exciting. And I'm, okay with what they did. And but what would that information be? That uh, it looks like they're going to tri- make a trilogy about Rick Grimes and I guess his future adventures, wherever the hell he's going, because we don't know. He's on a helicopter with uh, uh, Anne, I guess is her name now. Her name was Jadis before. I don't know what the fuck yeah, she wants to call she, herself. She got herself, man. Yeah. And, for the people, and for the people that don't watch The Walking Dead and get your Walking Dead information from us 
And there's a lot of people that do that now. Yeah. So what happens is Rick Rhymes pretty much saves his family, which is his family. It's his, he, he was looking for his family the entire time. Yes. And what I mean by that is he gets really wounded. He gets hurt. And the entire time he's pretty much going in and out of consciousness and he's almost dead. And we get flashbacks from Shane, mm-hmm. which was very fantastic. Good. Very good. Flashbacks from Herschel, which was very touching because the actor that played Herschel has passed away yes. since. Yes, and those scenes were great. And we get one with Sasha. And these were his kind of like wake up. You still have something to do. Something to do. And you still have to find your family. And the question that I had during these scenes was, how come his original family wasn't in these scenes that have passed away? Lori and Carl. Mm-hmm. At Coral. That, Coral. That's because right now that's not their family. So if Rick would have saw those two, then he might have given up. Yeah, he, he, he might have died. Be, he might have been, he wanted to be with them. So that's why they chose those three. And I thought it was really good. Sorry I interrupted, Boo, but mm-hmm. I just want to give a heads up for the mm-hmm. people that don't watch that. So Rick brings a huge horde, brings him to a bridge, blows a bunch of dynamite on the bridge, and has this horde fall through this massive hole that's all of a sudden been blown up. Hundreds, and it's probably the most extras I've ever seen in Walking Dead. Yes. Zombie-wise. Mm-hmm. They all blow up, and they're all just falling into the water, and there's a crazy current whitewash underneath, and they're just fucking in pieces. Mm-hmm. Presumably, Rick Grimes is dead because he sacrificed himself to save his family. Yes. Which is the family that, that he has. has now. Mm-hmm. So we all think he's dead. Then later, Jadis, Jadis and the trash, the trash lady. She she has this. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you oh, off. No, no, please. She has. We've seen helicopters before in the show. There there has been no explanation about them. Somebody's communicating with them. In the last season, we saw when Jadis loses her group. She has a way of communicating with a certain group of people. So that comes that comes to a head where we figure out that. She's been in communication with these people. She needs to, I guess, almost sacrifice or give an offering. I have a theory on that. Okay. Of somebody who's an A or a B. We don't know what an A or B means. I have a theory on it. Okay. My theory on the an A or a B is I believe that an A, because she was going to offer a priest. Wherever she's going is start, I think, but I believe is starting a whole community. And I think a priest is an A level. And a police officer is B level. Uh, so that's my theory is that a priest re- is rebuilding. very important to start a community so you can start a church, so you start a religion, mm. or to practice the religion that he's he's preaching. And B is a sheriff slash cop, which Rick Rimes would be. Yes. That's my theory. An authoritarian thing. Yes. So she she says that I have a B and Rick is that B. And she gets the ride with, along with Rick to wherever they're going. We don't know. So this is the first. This is not the first time we've seen a helicopter, uh, but this is the first time where it's something huge, something big, something that leads to something else, which was uh, very cool to see. So yeah, and then after that, do, do we want to break down the rest of the episode? Well, I mean, I mean, uh, Negan's still alive. Ah, but Maggie, Maggie has a choice yeah. to kill Negan and. Negan is so broken down. He's not Negan anymore. He's not Negan anymore. So she says pretty much, you know, there's no point. There's no point in killing you because you're not the man that killed my my love of my life. It's better to let him rot and and lose himself. Yes, Yes. exactly. He's crying. He'd rather die, but they they don't allow him to. Which I thought was very, very, uh, a very good idea. 
um, better than him dying, better than him getting his skull bashed in or whatever it would have been. Mm-hmm. You know, it was perfect. It was perfect. I loved it. It makes you feel sorry for him, but also it gives you more of, of, a, of a relief for Maggie and all the others that he's... He's a shadow of himself. He's he's a broken man that's left in pieces and never be put back together again. Yeah, he's he's it was perfect. Some of the crazy stuff that happened was more so in the last two or three minutes of that episode, which we get a group of new characters. This was genius, by the way. Let me just say that now, but continue. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I really like where the show's going. And I think that this is what the show needed badly. Yep. Yes. I mean, badly. Yes. So it, there's like two or three minutes, the last two or three minutes, we get a group of characters that are stuck in a brand new characters that are stuck in a bad position with zombies are being surrounded by a horde. And then all of a sudden you hear gunshots and zombies are being cleared out. Headshots mm-hmm. are being cleared out. And you hear a young girl say this way, it's clear. And they go to the middle of the woods and they see this this girl who's probably about 11, 10, 11 years mm-hmm. old. And they ask her her name. And she's she the says, one with the gun. Yeah. And she says, Judith. She grabs Rick's hat and the, Carl's hat, mm-hmm. puts it on. And she says, Judith Grimes. Yep. Now, Les would know this because he reads the comic books. Pretty much Judith is becoming what Carl is or has become what Carl was in the comic books. Carl was a crazy assassin badass. Not so much a badass, but just uh, trigger happy. Trigger happy, yeah. right? And that look, when you saw it, that look, wasn't that what you, what pretty much Carl was in the comic books? Yeah. So he was already on that trajectory, and now this is just Judith stepping up and embracing what the world is. So I don't know if she's off the deep end. You know, like... Doesn't seem like it. No. So if she's calm and collected and not losing her you know letting her marbles go rattling and all around in her head then she's okay but that was the difference between her and carl and that's what they brought up in fear that character chris Mm -hmm. was losing it too so that may be the slight difference and then i like the idea to go back to the news of the movies because they can actually do major major points exactly. in the story so exactly. we're getting a rick grimes trilogy is what yes. we're getting so what we'll get is probably not even that just a major so like the whisper war or mm. no 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 we're not we're not getting that they've already detailed it so we're getting a rick grime trilogy we're about just rick's experience rick only rick and uh and jadis and whatever so none of the other characters will uh, maybe some of the other characters will be reunited with him yes michonne has michonne to be. probably will be that's what they said if you were interested back in the day in Walking Dead and your interest has gone away, it, it, I think you might be interested if you watch this season. Still not happy with the direction and the music that they pick, especially the scene where Rick is leaving. Some of the stuff they're still hit and miss, but it's back. The storyline is getting interesting, so mm-hmm. and that's that's a good thing. There's our Walking Dead take, finally, people. It's time for the Flash Round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Claire, are you ready for the Flash Round? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Ooh, I, like <laughs> I like your style. Leia, Padme, or Ray? Leia. Oh, nice. Freddie or Jason? Freddie. Favorite Atlanta Brave of all time? 
oh, why do you do this? Um, oh, I, I know mine. I know mine. I'll tell you mine before. You, just so you know how much of a baseball fan I am. I'm a Dale Murphy fan. I was just about to say that. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. He is, the, in my opinion, the best Atlanta. Well, Chipper Jones is oh. pretty amazing. But uh, Dale this, Murphy this is my favorite because he was a badass center fielder. Okay. I'm sorry. He go. was. Oh, okay. I have to say Chipper Jones because he was my childhood hero. Oh, he's a stud. He, was a he stud. totally is. One of the greatest switch hitters ever. That's why Mickey I switch hit in, in well, yeah. softball, man. Did you switch hit? I didn't know that. I didn't I research it. I slapped and I swung away left and right-handed. So oh. you never knew what I was up to. That is amazing. I was a switch hitter in, in high school as well. Oh, yeah. In baseball, less. That was teed no. up. That really was no. teed up. I like fun. I yeah, like speaking, fun. Of, uh, speaking of uh, softball and baseball, that no. was teed up. No, whatever. <laughs> Let's get back on track here. Favorite oh. Star Wars movie of all time? Empire Strikes Back. Luke or Han? Han. Superman or Batman? Batman. Solo or Rogue One? I think we know this one. Rogue One, heck yeah. Favorite Avenger? Oh, God. Okay. Um, Captain America. Nice. We, I think we know the next one. Favorite video game ever? Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Ooh. Favorite character in Lord of the Rings? Faramir. It's an odd one, but you know. It's I good. know. You like those background <laughs> characters. It's all good. I love him. Favorite ride at Disneyland? Star Tours. Oh, nice one. Big Ear Tupac? Tupac. Godfather 1 or 2? 1. All right. I'll let yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you the next question until everybody else has their questions done. Well, uh, the most important question of all the questions. Yeah. Uh, going back to Godfather 1 or 2, there's no wrong answer there, in my my opinion. Well, you know, Godfather 1 is a classic and one of the greatest films ever, but Godfather 2 is a more complete film. Uh, and Robert De Niro's in Godfather 2. I know that, but but if somebody were to say 1 or 2, I'd be like, either answer's yeah, correct in my yeah, book. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. The best Hobbit in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, That's not Frodo. Samwise Gamgee. There won't be a oh, shot of ex- Excellent oh. choice. He's so good. Uh, Gandalf uh, the Grey or Gandalf the White? Gandalf the White. Favorite novel in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Uh, the Two Towers. Les? I feel the flash run. I got nothing. <laughs> this, is, this is very... You know, he got that morose complaint by one of our coworkers. <laughs> like, you need to step your game up. And it literally lowered his game. Lowered his game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've always, this is just me. No, it's not you. You've been oh. out of it today. <laughs> Can't talk shit. Okay, I got one. I got one for you, Claire. Go ahead, Eric. Okay. The, the, the Silmarillion. Excellent bonus material or the most arduous read of all time? Oh, d- 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 don't make me answer that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Token fan is struggling right now with it, this question. I love it, but it's difficult. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, a, it's a chore, isn't it? It is hard to get through, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> yes, that's a good way of putting it. You guys my read wife, the Silmarillion? My wife says the same thing about our wedding. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh that's rough. Oh, my Ouch. God. Wait, wait. You both, you both read the Silmarillion? Yes. I have read it two times, and I just needed one. <laughs> yeah, I read it twice also, several years apart. Probably your age in between the two times I read it. <laughs> oh, my Lord, man. This is, off, this is off the flash round questions. What do you think about 
this amazing new series that's coming out. Are you for it or against it being such a fan of Tolkien? Yeah, I am excited because I'm getting it, but I'm also nervous for many reasons. I'm very protective of Lord of the Rings, so I am reluctantly excited. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Were you a fan of the Hobbit trilogy? No, absolutely not. Okay. I've been burned in the past, and I'm scared to get burned again. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That, mean, that means a lot coming from you. Okay. Gotcha. You. All right. I'm going to ask you the most important question of all time. Are you ready right. for this? I'm so ready. This is going to determine if we're like going to hang out during celebration. So oh, please. No. Um, and, I, and Eric sent me a picture of you because he wanted me to see your height with you and Eric. And I'm um, tiny, man. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I get why you like uh, Lord of the Rings. So, um, I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It was okay, a fantastic. I was and I'm half so, link. I'm so I was happy that you cosplayed. I was campaign, so it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. And then, and there was a, it was a great picture because you love cosplaying, right? Correct? Heck yeah, I do. I'm not great, but I'm good enough. Well, that picture looked great. <laughs> you look like straight out of, you know, you're a Jedi, so not even. Mean. Eric looked like a rock star, so he cosplayed perfectly. Um, <laughs> here is the question. Beyonce, why did I put Beyonce or Jay Z? That's lame. Beyonce or Rihanna? Why did I do that? Okay, go ahead. Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Oh, we're gonna hang out. We're gonna drink. We're yes. gonna have a good time. Oh, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Cannot wait. Great, you did fantastic with your own opinions, as Eric Scherzer would say. Great job. You, Thank you, Claire. Can you please tell people where they can find you? on the great world of Twitter and also where they can listen to you and all that stuff again. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I guess, if you want to at C Stribs, that's C S T R I B S. And then you can listen to the Imperial Senate podcast pretty much wherever you can, wherever you'd like to find it. It's uh it's out there and uh, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at imp Senate pod and Instagram at Imperial Senate pod. And uh, listen to databank discussions if you like minor characters, because I do. She does. She's like the coolest person in the world. So listen to her podcast, and you will get the same feeling every time you listen to her podcasts. I mean, you can have bad opinions. That's fine. (laughs) You can, but you won't. And you really want to look her up. Just look her up on Google, and you'll find all kinds of cool pictures of her doing theatrical plays in high school. Please don't. Please don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. (laughs) That gets a little creepy. Don't do that. Claire, thank you so much for coming on, by the way. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm so excited to be here, man. This was we had a blast with you. And Eric, you were 100% right. Eric said we're she is so cool. She's awesome. We're going to have a blast. And Eric was 100% right. Finally, I got one right. You got one right. <laughs> you got one right. So you got to come back, okay? You can't say no. I would love to. Okay, great. So thank you very much, Mr. Struthers. Please tell people where they can listen to your beautiful voice and gawk at that beautiful golden locks of yours. <laughs> Well, that always in that order. Some, hold on, that always makes Eric laugh, and that's the only reason I do it every time. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, it just makes me so happy. Man. I know. You know, I'm getting ready to get my hair highlighted the once a year for the big 
the big Christmas rock shows. Mm. They always have to have have the hair freshly highlighted. Uh, anyhow, you can <laughs> always you can listen. You can, God damn it! I wish I hadn't said that. Now you could <laughs> you can listen to me on my other podcast, the Bad Motivators, where every Wednesday we drop an episode that's a steaming pile of Star Wars goodness from a unique perspective of three dads raising kids and loving Star Wars. And, and one has highlighted you can hair. Follow me on Twitter. That'll do at Eric Strathers if you want to see my my hair. That's right. If you want to see your hair, check him out. Also, remember, we're going to leave all that Eric Strathers Bandcamp information, one time in Bandcamp information, <laughs> on our show notes. <laughs> we're going to have it on the show notes. And make sure you go out there. All the, all the money, all the proceeds are going to go to the Kessel Toy Run, like you heard the PSA that we put on in the middle of this podcast. So please do your part and make some kids happy during Christmas holiday season. Carlos Boo Arguello, where can people find you? At the Sith List Boo. Les, where can people follow you, Morose Ass, on Twitter? They can follow me on Twitter. Okay, see? This is <laughs> the Less worst. This is the worst tonight. You just said, where can they follow you on just Twitter? They what? can follow me on Twitter. Yeah, they need to find you on Twitter, you jabroni. That's what you're saying, like Where can they find face, you on Twitter? It's not like fucking your face on the homepage of Twitter. You say, Where can they find you? Not follow me on Twitter. Because that's what usually happens. They find and follow, okay? That's go. how it works on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. Actually, here is the phrasing that would be correct. You can follow me on Twitter at LessIsWar78. Thanks, oh, Eric. Thank you, Eric. People, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We really, <laughs> really appreciate it. We will catch you next week on episode number 119 of The Sith List. Boom,
Tear down. There'll be no. 